So what we're going to say here now is a little bit inspired by something I saw this morning in the writings of the Alta from Slabotke, which I have to say uh, publicly a thank you to Michael Hirsch, who was so kind to be able, that's out of print to Sefer, and he was able to get the manuscript and printed it and gave it to me. So I was looking through it quickly today in the morning, and a thought entered my mind. Our parasha starts off with Vaidaber Elohim El Moshe Vayomer Elav Ani Hashem. So it uses the words, the terminology of the Torah is Vaidaber Elohim. That's Lashon, that's very strong, Midas Hadin. That Hashem spoke to Moshe harshly. Why did he speak to him harshly? Because at the end of last week's parasha, where Moshe Rabbeinu says to Hashem, Vayashov Moshe Hashem Vayomer Adonai, Lama Hareota Leamaze, Lama Zeshrahtani, why did you send me? Umeaz Bati El Parole Daver Bishmecha. From the moment I came to tell Paro in your name to send the Jewish people out of Egypt, He made it difficult, he made it bad. So Moshe Rabbeinu spoke very strong words to the Rabbeinu Shalom. HaKadosh Baruch Hu told him it's going to be it's time now to go out. And Hashem sent him to tell the people and to tell Paro. And then all of a sudden everything falls in their face. And it becomes the matzev, the situation becomes way worse than before. And therefore, Moshe Rabbeinu spoke like this to Hashem, Midas Hadin wanted to punish him tremendously. And Hashem stuck up for him and said he did it because he felt the pain of the Jewish people. And we have to know, he brings all kinds of chazal that Moshe Rabbeinu really meant to say, like a tefillah. He wasn't trying to challenge Hashem. He was trying to, you know, speak but something in the way he said it, the level of Moshe Rabbeinu, which we'll never understand. But we're going to try to bring out a practical point. We're not trying to really understand exactly Moshe Rabbeinu because we can't understand angels. But the point is, there was something that he said in his words that Lafi, his level was incorrect. And he brings down from Chazal that the reason why Moshe Rabbeinu spoke this way is because really he was... Spoken to by Datan Vaviran. Datan Vaviran attacked Moshe Rabbeinu. And they told him, What are you doing over here? So, because they spoke harsh words to Moshe Rabbeinu, so kind of like affected him to some degree in the most minute way possible. And that effect played a role in how he spoke to Hashem. So, his whole schmooze of the altar. Is going on the concept of being mushba from people. Where people can affect you and affect your da'a Torah and affect your way of thinking. So I'm going to move away from Moshe Rabbeinu for a second and I want to move into our world, which it's very important to speak this out today. Because many times, 
there is a da'at Torah how to deal in a crisis situation. For example, Moshe Rabbeinu following Hashem's plan to go ahead and talk to Paro even though conventional wisdom says that if you're going to start fighting with Paro, he's only going to become an He's going to become angered by the fact that you're questioning what he's doing. You're questioning his, uh, you're attacking Paro. Paro's only going to get worse. It's against con- conventional wisdom. It's only Hashem's plan. Hashem has a deep plan over here. But it doesn't fit with conventional wisdom to do that. And that's Datan Vamiram attacking Moshe Rabbeinu. What are you doing to the people? It's questioning his da Torah. And in the altar Shmuz, it's even affecting to a degree Moshe Rabbeinu himself. But that's not our Shmuz. Our Shmuz is how these type of situations affect us. Throughout history, we have situations <coughs> where Gedolim do things which seem to be to us connected the conventional wisdom. I was thinking last night, Neria Levy was giving a chabura about David HaMelech. It's an unbelievable thing. It says in the Sefer Hasidim, an unbelievable thing. Not to go into the whole Sefer Hasidim, I just want to bring out one point there. He brings down two stories in the history of the Jewish people. One story is the story of Purim. And Mordechai does not bow down to Haman. Now, halachically, halachically, the Sefer Hasidim assumes that the whole Medubar and Taisis and Sanhedrin, that halachically speaking, there's no problem in bowing down to Haman Be'etzah. It's not real Avodah Zarah. The Jewish people are going to be in danger. And he's going to put himself in danger. But Mordechai made a cheshbin that if the Gadol Hador will bow down to Haman, then people outside, outside, who are not really familiar with what's going on over here, there's 127 Medinot, are going to say to Gadol, bow down to Avodah Zarah, so it's not the worst thing in the world. So make a, a light, make it light. And therefore it was his judgment call, he was Moser Nefesh, put his life in danger because of Mesirut Nefesh that the Jewish people shouldn't fall in Averot. But the Jews in Shushan attacked him. But he's putting people's lives in danger. They're fighting with the Gadol because the Hashkafa and the mindset and the, the foresight of a Torah giant is not understood to them on a Logical level. And then he brings David HaMelech. That's why we got thinking into this. David HaMelech had an opportunity not to go through all the history. Shaul HaMelech is chasing David HaMelech. He's a nirdaf. And the Allah is Ba'atzim, a nirdaf. If somebody gets up to kill you, you kill him first. Hashkin Vargon. And there's a situation where David HaMelech finds Shaul sleeping, him and his men. And he can kill him in a second. You only wanted to kill him. And David Amel said, don't kill him. Don't kill him. Why not? Why not kill him? Because if we're going to kill the king of Israel, 
then for a short amount of time until they re-establish who the king is, it's going to be a nation without a king. If it's going to be a nation without a king, then the Goyim are going to come and take the opportunity and kill Jews. So even though the Allah is, I'm a near the he's out to kill me and I have to kill him. But I'll leave my life in danger to protect the lives of Jews. See how Gedolim think? They think very different than we think. They have a different brain. They take the scope of every single ramification of every single scenario and possibility. They scan it across Kula, and they make decisions like that. These people are above all the bad midot. They're knowledgeable on Kula. They understand the ramifications. They're big people. But sometimes in our small brain, in our little box, in our conventional wisdom, logical wisdom, we don't understand what they're doing. So what happens? People start to talk. And that talk has hashpa'ah. That talk makes an inroad in a person that he feels that he can challenge Gedolet Torah, can challenge Hashkafa, can challenge Da Torah. He has a right to an opinion. Everybody has a right to an opinion. And this is the demise of this generation with social media and all that stuff. Everybody has a right to say whatever he wants. And therefore, it becomes that your mind is full with all kinds of sevarot, that you become affected by those sevarot. And this is a problem. We've been going through the last couple of years, there's different situations, that there's tremendous confusion. And people are just say whatever they want. And the Da Torah, the, the people that have the Misorah, those that are the Gedolet Torah, that they say something or do something or they have a vision, all of a sudden it's subject to public debate. I like it, I don't like it, it's right, it's wrong. Just we have to be very careful. Deus. You have to be very careful from Deus. A person has to have a Rav or a Rebbe, a person who has the Misorah, a person that he accepts upon himself as his Rebbe. And he has to stay away from all what's going on out there in social media and in all these, I don't want to say specific names or anything that's not important, but everybody has an opinion and those opinions, they make an effect on the way you think. And then, what your Rebbe says, or what Da Torah says, let's discuss it. If it makes sense to me, then I'll accept it. It doesn't mean that a person can't try to understand. It doesn't mean that you have to be a robot without Havana. You want to grow. You want to learn. You want to understand. There's a way to approach a situation to understand. Yes, there is. There's a way of getting knowledge and growing. But at the end of the day, you realize that sometimes things are bigger than your understanding. A lot bigger than your understanding. 
But when you start to challenge everything and it's subject to debate and it's subject to if I understand it and if it's me, half the people over there say deus without even knowing the facts. But it doesn't matter. You can say whatever you want about anybody you want. People destroy lives that way. First we talk. It becomes public knowledge. Everybody talks. And then we find out later, oh, it wasn't true after all the damage is done. That happens all the time. The, the speech of man becoming free in the way that we have not governed by any halachot, any dinim, any idea, any sensitivity to a human being, any sensitivity to a subject, including what Gidolim say. Became one big joke in the world. And this we have to learn, this is the lesson that the Alta is saying. That a person has to understand that even a great man, with great understanding, realizing that the people that are talking are bad people, the Alta points out. Understanding that the people that are speaking are bad people. I know going in that they're bad people. But, and I'm, and I'm, I'm clear. In my sugi, I'm clear. But in two minutes already they can make you change the way you think. Especially us. It's not like we have hashkafa down to a science. We're amaratzim gimurim when it comes to hashkafa. We're so vulnerable. We're so easily impressed by a nice speech that's so eloquently said. And then we start to have think differently. Besides for the fact that out there there's people that are spewing pure kefirah. And spewing anti-Haredi things. And spewing all kinds of garbage. All kinds. And people want entertainment. And, and the truth is some people are thirsty. People are thirsty to know. Many people are thirsty to know. They want to know. But they, have, they don't have a rub. They don't have a rebbe. They don't have a yeshiva. They unfortunately are not connected with the right people. And they're just searching. Searching for knowledge. Sometimes we're in situations that are very complicated. Very complicated. We've been through a lot of complicated things and it's hard to get clarity and people want clarity. They're looking for clarity. But understand that you're putting yourself in a position, a vulnerable position of ruining your days. And there's nothing worse than a person who ruins his hashkafa and his daya. There's nothing more dangerous and damaging for a person. The altar from Slavotka says, the Torah says, He's talking about the body. He says, the Torah is so careful that you should even protect your body because the body and your soul are so intertwined with each other that effect on the body has an effect on the soul. So if it's a direct effect on the soul. And he brings a raya from the from the sugi of tumor. If a guy is a tumor, and you touch him when you go into the room with the mitzayra, that tumor goes onto your body, and that tumor goes ultimately into your soul. How easily you can attract, and it can touch you. Things like that can touch you. Even the simple news, how people could give over the message of the news. One has to be extremely careful. We need to disconnect from all that garbage. 
I know it's entertaining, and I know it's good hawk, but it's garbage, it's sewage. A person has to learn. He has to learn the right hashkafot. He should sit down and learn. There's a lot to learn from the big sefarim. There's musas shmuzes and yeshivas. You have rebbeim, you have mashkichim, people that know and can guide you. And sometimes they can say, I don't know the answer. It's a hard situation. We don't know the answer. It's okay. Don't always have to have all the answers to all the questions. But you could also know how to go on in life. You could also know how to deal with life even though you don't have all the answers to the questions. You could also find a derech avodah. A big problem with this situation of people not having a proper rebbe or a rov or somebody to help them grow is that even the musr becomes entertainment. A nice speech here, a nice word there, a nice yesoid there. But really you need to have a derech in avodah. A person has to have an approach, just like he has a derech halimud. He has to have a derech in avodah. And if he learns a derech in avodah, that will help him navigate through the difficult situations in life with a derech in avodah. Rabbi Ber wrote, he really said it as a speech, but it was written over. He says that a bocher goes to yeshiva for two reasons. One to get a derech halimud, and one to get a derech in yirat shamayim. What does that mean, a derech? In limud, I understand the derech. Because you learn yeshiva, ksuvis, yavamis, kedushin, gitin, nechveisnit, and that's it. But there's a whole kolaterakula in front of you, you know? So what do you do? In yeshiva, you learn how to learn. You learn the approach, the keys, the mafteiches, the derech, the mahalik, how you navigate through kolaterakula with it. Even though it's a new masachet, a new shulchan aruch, a new limud, but you're using the skills and the derech that you had to go through the sugyas. But what's the derech in Yerat Shammai? The derech says life is full of sugyas. Hard sugyas. Not easy sugyas. The sugyas of Shaduchim, the sugyas of Shalmbayas, the sugyas of making a panosa, the sugyas of raising kids. Sugyas. And each sugya is full with nesyoinus. And the person has to have a derech in Yerat Shamayim. That he should be able to take the skills and the assignments that he learned and put him into practice when he gets older and he's outside the world. That's when you have to utilize your time in yeshiva. Not to hear what this one says and what that one says and this hak and that hak and this and that and yens. Your job is to get a derech in Yerat Shamayim. But you have to invest in that. Just like you have to invest in your derech halimud, you have to invest in your derech in Yerat Shamayim too. That's our idea, and we have to be careful from outside days. Of course, there are Gidolim and are people that are accepted in Klai Yisrael to be reliable people. And 100% you're allowed to listen to reliable sources. That's not the question. The question is what every guy has to say on the matter, where everything can be scrutinized and, and, and become a subject of debate and discussion, you get affected like that. That's the idea that I just, that was the message that I wanted to give you today.